I don't have skin children. I have to admit that to you. All I have are furry kids. So I'm not a skin mama. I'm a furry mama. Welcome to Funeral Gurus with your host, Robin Heppel. Interviews with funeral professionals about their successes. Listen and find out how you can apply the same strategies in your funeral home. Welcome to Funeral Gurus Radio. I am your host, Robin Heppel from FuneralFutures.com. We're continuing our pre-conference interviews for the NFDA annual convention that is going to be held in Austin, Texas from October 20th to 23rd. Today's guest is Colleen Ellis from the Two Hearts Pet Law Center in Greenwood, Indiana. Colleen, are you there? Hello, how are you? Good morning. Oh, great, great. Well, thanks so much for agreeing to do this interview, Colleen. Uh, I know we've done these before, and uh, I think uh, it's it's always great for people to, uh, uh, you know, just to hear your insights because you're totally on top of this. And uh, I think people still always have a lot of lot of questions. So, but for the folks that may not uh, may not know you or maybe only have heard of you briefly, could you give a little bit of background about yourself and your company? Absolutely. Let's uh, let's kind of go way back. And oh my gosh, Robin, I hate to admit this, I'm going to go back about 25 years. And I've been in the funeral business and started out with one of the largest preemie companies in the country 25 years ago. So had about oh 18 years of working on the human side in the preemie area with the funeral industry all across the country. And about 10 years ago, actually it was 15 years working in the human side, and about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I kind of started doing some due diligence. I don't have skin children. I have to admit that to you. All I have are furry kids, so I'm not a skin mama. I'm a furry mama. (laughs) And so I started looking around, and I said, hey, where are those funeral operations, those death care facilities, if you will, that handle pet parents like me? When we lose one of our quote-unquote kids, where are those facilities? And I didn't find what I thought it should be. And, and in fact, the closest thing that I could find to what I thought it should be as far as providing an experience for somebody like me, the closest thing I could find was over in the U.K. And my uh, husband slash business partner and I kind of threw our hands up in the air and said, you know what, we're smart business people and we both know what the funeral industry looks like. We're just going to go create it, maybe a little bit of a blue ocean strategy, if you will. We're just going to go create what we think it should be, and we're going to mimic those services that happen on the human side. We're going to mimic those for people like me who are experiencing the loss of a four-legged family member. And so 10 years ago, almost 11 years ago now, the first standalone pet penal home in the country was opened by myself and, and my husband's slash business partner. And Robin, it took off and was just wildly successful. And I've uh, been very, very proud of that. And it was a complete paradigm shift when that business opened. And up until that point, a lot of people looked up and said, hey, I may want to start a pet loss operation. But they looked up and they looked around and they said, well, gosh, here's what everybody else is doing. They're calling on veterinarians. They're becoming a supplier to the veterinarian channel. They're allowing veterinarians to really create that experience or lack thereof, if you will. And they're allowing them to do that. And what I said was, I'm a death care professional. I want to create that experience for families. I want to give families more than just leaving a veterinary clinic with a leash and a collar in their hand. I want to give them a facility where it's safe for them for them to come and whether it's have a visitation or have a service or pick out something that was perfect for them at a memorialization item. 
whatever it may be. I wanted it all to be pet-centric and all to deal with the permission of giving families that what they needed to do and, and the services and the rituals and the products and everything that was going to be important to them in honoring the life they shared with their pets. And so that facility was born. Again, it was a paradigm shift because people kind of finally started to look up and say, hmm, you know what, there is another way to do this business, and we liked that. We liked being able to work directly with families. We don't necessarily have to go through the veterinarian. Let's work directly with the families. And so that's where we've been. The past 10 years, um, I actually sold that particular business a few years ago because the demands on consulting for me and teaching and, and doing some other things became a little bit too much for me to run the day-to-day operations. So the past few years, Two Hearts Pet Loss Center was born about three years ago. And that particular business deals with consulting with those that want to open pet funeral homes or possibly even rebrand their current operations. For instance, I'm working with a facility right now that's been doing pet cremations for 26 years. And she finally looked up and said, hey, listen, it's a new year, it's a new day, it's a new group of people, it's a new way to do business. We want to rebrand and get fresh and and get very current with what's going on with with our pet parents and, and basically the needs of the veterinarians too, which we'll talk about that in a minute. So I've been consulting, I've been teaching, and uh, doing pet loss and grief companioning certification courses, which are wildly, wildly popular and successful. And then, of course, I have my book, and I'm going to be doing a book signing at NFDA as well, so I'm very excited about that, too. So that kind of sums it up in a nutshell, Robin. Hey, now, well, just as we're on that, what's the title of your new book? My book is Pet Parents, A Journey Through Unconditional Love and Grief. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah. I can't wait to see it when uh, when I see you in Austin. Now, speaking, Wonderful. speaking of Austin, uh, your presentation is Pet Loss Services and Your Funeral Home, Co-Branding to Create Success. And and I think, you know, as I've you know talked to different people uh, throughout the industry, they think that, you know, when they're when they're thinking of this, they're really not sure how to do it. Do they keep the two things separate? Do they how much do they integrate, you know, with the you know, with the funeral home name? Do they keep it? You know, and I've seen so many things and I'm sure you've seen that tenfold or even more. Um, so I I'm sure this is one of the biggest stumbling blocks people have when they're when they're wanting to get into uh, the pet loss side, or even if they're already in it and they're having a problem uh, working the two together, but still keeping it, you know, how do you then also keep it separate for the, for the human side that don't really want that? Right. Right. You know what? I'm going to share with you some random thoughts and then I'm going to kind of bring it all together and lasso it all together to answer that question for you. The first random thought I want to share with you is a few a few months ago, I had the privilege of being part of a focus group that I was able to witness with some other pet death care professionals, and we were able to watch this focus group with about 10, actually 11 pet parents who had experienced the loss of a pet. And through the professional facilitation of this group, one of the things that came out was the majority of the people in that focus group, when asked, who was the first person you thought of calling when your beloved pet died? And, Robin, i got to tell you, I was in the same boat as these people when my little precious Nico died, who's been the, the, the reason for what I do. And all of them, including myself, said we called the local funeral home. 
that, that isn't that what they do? And I know when my little Miko died, I called Crown Hill uh, Cemetery there in Indianapolis, just assuming why wouldn't they take care of somebody like me? And so I think the public, for the most part, says, hey, they're death care professionals, and we see this as a death of, we see this as a death, much like the death of, of a member of our family. So, of course, we would call the funeral home. Now, let's talk another random thought. 62% of people have a pet. And so many a time what funeral homes and cemeteries may do, instead of looking at that huge number of 62% of their market has a pet, they get worried about the one or two that may get concerned because they hate animals and they don't want to come to a place that, that services animals as well. And so they may, that one or two, they make the decision for a funeral home on their entire strategy, which quite frankly is very, very silly. I mean, when you look at my presentation in, in Austin, I went out and I pulled statistics of, of, of other, not only affinity groups, but also other demographic groups. And when you look at how much effort is put into, let's just even say going after the Catholic market, okay, Catholics represent 70% of our population. And so we've got people that are vying for the Catholic market when you've got the pet market right behind it. And we certainly don't sit there as a business and say, oh, oh my gosh, what if I handle the Catholics and I make a Methodist, I, I make them angry because I'm handling the Catholics. We don't say that. We say, hey, I'm a death care professional, and when a death occurs, I'm the best place for you to come and for you to, to use our services, and I'm going to help you through that. That's what I do as a professional. So a lot of people are still very concerned about what will their market say. Will there be little jokes like, Miss Funeral Home has gone to the dog? Will there be, you know, crazy comments like that? Is that going to happen? What I would encourage funeral homes to do, and I'm going to talk about this in my presentation, instead of looking at the negative of this, look at the huge size of this market, which, again, is 62% of people have a pet. Now, if you want to look at another number, which is equally as interesting, 83% of that 62% refer to themselves as mommy and daddy. It's a self-proclaimed affinity group called pet parents. And that's an amazing group for funeral homes and cemeteries to go showcase what they can do. Because if you take that good of care of my, of my little doggy, then I'm going to say, wow, think what you'll do for me when it's a, a human family member. So that's more of how we should look at it. Now, the other watch out that I have, and you just made mention of, of it, the question to me, do we separate it? Do we pull it together? What do we do? My first counsel that I give when I do consulting is co-brand the two operations together because we certainly want to maximize our exposure when we have Smith Pet Funeral Services or Smith Pet Memorial Services. We want to make sure that that ties right back to Smith Memorial Services that we do on that side so they can be tied together. Now, I also want to be a realist. Okay, we've got people that are allergic to animals. We've got people that, that, you know, have issues with, you know, the dander and whatever it may be. Give that room, give that area of your building, do give it a separate entrance. Do allow people to come in and to, to have their time. Now, the other reason that I say give it a separate entrance and give it a separate area within the funeral home is as humans and part of human nature is that, Whenever we hear of, of a death or whenever we hear of something bad that's gone on, you know, or, or some tragic news, we automatically begin to kind of rank it as far as what's going on in our life. 
So the last thing that I want to have happen, and this happened to me when my little Miko died, is I went into that human funeral home, I looked down the hallway, and I saw that there was family down there for a visitation, and I instinctively said, oh, my gosh, somebody lost their mother, and I'm just in here for my dog. Oh, dear goodness. Really, Colleen? And that's not fair to me because my death and my grief and my loss and all of that is equally as big in my head. And I don't want to be forced or be, be made to feel guilty that I'm making a big deal about the loss of my pussy cat or my doggy or whatever it may be when you've got somebody down the way who just lost their mother or their grandmother or whatever. So give it its due respect. Give it its due uh, place within your building so that everybody can mourn and grieve in the way that they need to and pay tribute to the life that was shared, whether it's two legs or four legs. For sure. Yeah, no, that's... Uh... And and I th- I, th- I think people don't really see it like that until you just kind of talk it through and explain it, right? So that's uh, uh, that right. can be very very powerful. So when you uh, when you think about you know the funeral director, so let's just say for me it was a situation with Bob Smith. Bob helped me through the loss of Nico and you know helped me do what I need to do. The, the thoughts that I have about that process and and the thoughts that I have about what he would do for me in any kind of a loss. They're very warm and very endearing. And, it, you know, it creates not a, not a satisfied customer, but a loyal customer who says, gosh, the only place to go is Smith Memorial Services or Smith Pet Services. That's where you go. They help you regardless of the situation. Now, for the folks, um, for the folks attending your presentation, what, uh, is there, what can they expect to actually take away from, uh, from your presentation there in, uh, in Austin? You know, Robin, there's going to be a variety of things that are going to, they're going to be able to go home and make application to immediately. First of all is why they should be in the market, why they should be helping out pet parents. The second thing that they're going to be able to take away is what are the things that, that they can do within their operation that are going to make sense to be able to start to serve the pet parent family. For instance, the second Sunday of September is National Pet Memorial Day. Well, you can do a blessing. You can do a service. You can honor those pets that have died. Even if you're not actively servicing that market, it gives you an opportunity to pull pet parents together and to say, we recognize that that loss is big, and we recognize that you want to come and honor the life you shared with a pet that's died. So there are things like that that I'm going to give ideas on that people can take home and begin to see various things throughout the year that they can do that they, again, can immediately implement within their operation. Now, if they decide that they want to go full blown with a, with a pet loss service, all the way from possibly even a cemetery or a retort, all the way into the services that they can do, we're going to talk about what all that looks like as well and the things that they can do to fully service the pet parent market. So there are going to be things that they can walk away with immediately and begin to put within their funeral home. And, again, things that they have to do that they don't have to do or that they don't, if, if they don't have a pet service, that they can still do to provide support to pet parents who have suffered a loss. So it's going to cover a whole gamut of information. Well, that's that's great. And I, I really like the point that you brought up about the, um, you know, the, the the pet Memorial Day in September. I think I think mm-hmm. that's a great opportunity for people who are interested. Um, you know, they're thinking about it. They don't really know maybe how this is going to be received. Uh, you know, it would be so simple for them to just even try it. 
try to have um, exactly. that memorial type observance, and and I'm sure that uh, it's not uh, you know it's not a lot different than what we've done at uh, you know Christmas or holiday time when we've had a you know a holiday memorial, and for for them just to just to give that a try to you know, maybe test the waters of their market. And, you know, that will only be, you know, a month ahead of uh, seeing you in, in Austin. And I think that would, they'll come even more prepared for, uh, to receive your information. So um, do you have any, sorry, I'm totally putting you on the spot here, any quick tips of how that they could really pull uh, like, or what should they include in the, in a pet memorial observance for the, uh, uh, for that September date? You know, I got to tell you, you're not putting me on the spot because I could do those darn things in my sleep. So I can speak to this very, very um, fully. There's a variety of things that can be done. First of all, what I like to do, and especially with a funeral home who possibly has a variety of chaplains or celebrants that they work with, pull all of them in and allow them all to bring their parts of their religion into the into the service. That's kind of the cool thing with animals. They really don't have a religious preference, you know? <laughs> so we can pull everything in, and we can have everybody involved. So whether it be readings or special songs or whatever that we can pull in, and also keep in mind, too, that many a times when we're doing services like this, be prepared that people are going to want to bring other animals. So make sure that what you're doing, maybe you do it in the parking lot and you set up a tent because you want to make it pet friendly as well. And I'll tell you why in just a minute. But let's make sure that we've got an, a, a perfect place that we're going to be holding this so people can bring other animals. You know, with, with pet parents, for instance, I'm going to digress here for a second, Robin. With pet parents, we're used to the cold and the rain and all that kind of stuff because we take our animals out in that all the time. If it's raining out, it doesn't mean that the, that the little doggy doesn't have to go potty. So we still <laughs> have to do a walk, you know. So that stuff doesn't bother us. So we like doing things. But putting in various um, chaplains and, and various ministers and various celebrants that can all take part in the memorial service, in the um, in the readings and the, the music and all that kind of stuff. There's tons of beautiful music selections that I use for services like this. I just did a balloon release a couple of weeks ago, for instance, and we did the, uh, the song Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And as all the beautifully colored balloons were rising up into the sky and that song is playing, it is a beautiful, beautiful, very touching moment for a pet parent when they get a release of balloons in the heavens with either a message written on it to a pet that they've loved or, you know, whatever it may be. So reading, poetry, songs, balloon releases, bubble releases, butterfly releases, any of those things are amazing attributes to bring into that ceremony. Now, another idea, too, and this kind of segues into a, another idea I'm going to be talking about uh, in my presentation is that October is the feast month of St. Francis. And St. Francis is the patron saint of the lowly, the patron saint of animals. And so using October as another time that you can, you can pull families into your, into your parking lot, do pet blessings, but you can also end the memorial service with a pet blessing. So it encourages people to bring pets. It encourages them to know that you're pet friendly and that you're open to servicing them as a pet parent in the pet market. And again, wrap that service up with a pet blessing so that you can get people people there. And people love to bring their pets and have them blessed. And I know it, just, it was a, a practice that started out in the, in the uh, Catholic faith, but I know so, so many churches that now do pet blessings during the month of October. 
Oh well, that's uh, that's that's excellent. I I didn't even know that. So I I think you've given a lot of things that people can think of and, and prepare themselves. Like and as I said before, you know, even test the waters here just with you know with their uh, community um, and and probably you know and as you've said it you know they'll they'll probably be set presently surprised of uh, uh, of the reception for sure. But um, you know, I uh, there's always a statement I share. I just have to say this to you. There's always a statement I share when I do my presentations, and I'll be sharing it in the one in Austin. People bury people because they have to. People bury pets because they get to. When we sign up to be a pet parent, we know they're not going to live as long as us, and we know that one day we're going to face that. And so, therefore, we 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 they don't ask these pets don't ask to be cremated. They don't ask to be put in a in a beautiful cemetery. They don't ask us to do that. We get to do that for them. And as a pet parent, we take pride in knowing that we were a good pet parent while they were living. And now, what I want to do is when they die. I want to make sure that I'm equally as good a pet parent and I handle my responsibility and I treat them with dignity and I treat them with respect and I do what I can do to honor the life that we shared together. That's it. Bottom line. It's very, very simple. I, well, I think that's a great way to, to, to wrap this up because just your, your passion and your sentiments and your insights are, um, uh, are just excellent, especially just, you know, get, I think bridging the gap when people are, are kind of really on, on the edge and they, you know, they're, you know, part of inside themselves, or maybe they're having this uh, discussion with other, um, you know, members of the management team or staff. And, uh, and you just do such a great job of, uh, of bringing the two sides together. So um, you know, thank, thank you so much for that. Now, um, before I let you go, do you have any, any final comments or thoughts about uh, the presentation? Well, a couple of things. First of all, please come and and see me there and join me. And and I'll again, as Robin said, if there's if there's one word that I hope people always remember about me, it's passionate. I am very very passionate about this topic. And so, if nothing else, come and hear a very uh, a very interesting presentation, a very exciting presentation, and watch a speaker who's very passionate about what they talk about. So, if nothing else, come for that. Uh, but secondly, I was mentioned I am going to be doing a book signing there. And so for all those pet lovers that are out there, or maybe you're a non-pet lover, but you have a pet lover friend, come by. Uh, NFTA has got me set up somewhere. So just look for the book signing. I think they're, they're having a few of us do book signing. Just look for that area and pop by and I'll get you an autographed copy of, of a book. And then thirdly, if, even if you're just exploring this topic of adding pet loss services to your existing operation, if you want, just call me. I can talk you through it. We can talk about, you know, some of your, your fears and, and some of the opportunities and all that stuff. One of the things that I always do like to tell people is if you do not like pets, then don't be in charge of this, okay? You can start the program. You can put it in your funeral home, but you get a pet parent in there who can empathize and who can walk with the family through this process and doesn't minimize their feelings. We don't want to snap a program operation that's going to take steps back because some like me can see your insincerity in operating this program. So we're going to talk about that out of presentation too. Well, that's, uh, that's great. And Colleen, thanks so much for this. This has been uh, uh, insightful. I always uh, learn uh, so much from you when, when we chat and uh, I look forward to seeing you in Austin in October. I look forward to seeing you and Robin, thank you so much for the opportunity to share your story and to share what, what we'll be doing there. And I look to seeing you there too. Okay. 
You bet. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Robin. You're welcome. I'd like to thank Colleen Ellis from Two Hearts Pet Loss Center, who will be presenting Pet Loss Services and Your Funeral Home, co-branding to create success at the NFDA annual convention that is going to be held in Austin, Texas from October 20th to 23rd. For more information and registration details, visit www.nfda.org. Check back soon for another NFDA pre-conference interview. On behalf of FuneralGurus.com, this is Robin Heppel. This has been Funeral Gurus with your host, Robin Heppel. For more insights and strategies from other funeral professionals, visit FuneralGurus.com and join the newsletter. It's free. 